Welcome to Off The Bench with Scott Sattler and Jason Matthews, the show that covers all things NRL. Yeah, welcome to Off The Bench. Scott Sattler, Jason Matthews here on what is a bumper state of origin weekend for both the men and the women, by the way. Scotty Sattler, hello. Hello, Jace and listeners. and What a great week. I love the build-up for origin. Admittedly, origin build-up isn't as raw and as saucy as what we've seen in many years gone by. It's a little bit more tame these days. Mm. Everyone sort of likes to say in-house and they don't like to speak outside, uh, each side their boundaries a little bit. But um, what I have really loved this week is watching all the old repeats on Fox Sports of all the old origin matches. Yeah. Uh, the great Queensland sides through that eight in a row and then those great New South Wales sides in 92, 93, 94. Yeah, it's always, it's always a great week. And we don't know what's going to throw up, be thrown up on – Sunday, yeah, Queensland are against it. We all know it. Some of the most battle-hardened Queensland ex-players and fans even believe that Queensland are going to have to pull out something out of their uh, out of their bag of tricks to win the game on Sunday. But do you know what? Stranger things have happened at Origin. Well, it's at Suncorp. There'll be bugger all Sydney people there. Yep, because of uh, the COVID crisis in Sydney. Also. There are a few members of the Blues squad. Uh, Freddie has never won an Origin game at Suncorp. Yep. 2017, last time. Last time. That was under uh, Laurie. Yep. And Latrell Mitchell got hooked from Origin after his performance there in 2019. So he's got to make amends as well Mm. for for his terrible performance in 2019. So there's a few little demons hanging around yeah. uh, the Blues team. And and Sats, one good stat in favour of New South Wales, they've won the last five game twos. So they have a good record when it comes to game two in state of origin. It's interesting how the pressure, the different forms of pressure that um, that are relayed to both teams in origin, you win game one, there's this sense of nervousness that you've got to finish the season in, ga- in the series in game two. Don't wait to game three because that's a completely different kettle of fish. And then the team that loses game one, there's a completely different set of nerves and fear going into game two. If they don't win it, there's a chance that they may be knocked out in a clean sweep, 3-0, which very rarely happens at origin level. Mm. I just hope, I just hope that New South Wales – Stick to a, as a New South Wales supporter, stick to a similar game plan that they had in Game One in Townsville, where they where where Luai and um, Cleary just threw that ball wide. Mm. I think if it gets into a battle in the middle of the field, I reckon Queensland win. I agree, and that's where Queensland want it to be played. They're going to mm. come out hard. Yep. They're going to run harder. They're going to tackle harder, and then when the game is on the line, the likes of Munster through the middle will just carve you up. And that's where and, – and, and the explosive speed of Reese Walsh as well. I, I just hope we do – New South Wales do what they did in game one and just play open-style rugby league. Well, line. I hope they don't. Well, of course you would. Mm. For someone who was born in New South Wales, your opinions are a disgrace, by the but way. my mum said I never breathed any New South Wales air in before we got across the border. So. I'm not, I'm not, that, that's not true. Mm. You know, you know what I told my girls. My girls were born on the Gold Coast. Yep. Um, which is one of my greatest disappointments in life that I my my children were born in Queensland. But I tell them they're born at the name of the hospital in Sydney. They're none the wiser. They're <laughs> there's, du- there's always a St Vincent's Hospital somewhere <laughs> in every state. <laughs> That's right. Um, Rightio, uh, Christian Welch uh, will join us. Uh, we'll speak to you and Badge 
uh, during the week inside uh, Maroons. The I like white to say rhino. They the call white, him is that right? The white rhino. I like to call him the television model. Yeah, he's a deodorant model now. Incredible. That's a good gig, isn't a it? A deodorant model is like being a, a hand or a foot model. No, because you don't have to be stunning for it. Well, you've got to have a half a decent rig. Like I can't, I can't get my top off. He hasn't got a great rig, but it's better than mine. Have you seen Munster's rig? Unbelievable. In that deodorant ad. Horrible. Yeah, but that's a lot of beer there. <laughs> Who are they with? Oh, Addo Car. Anyone standing next to Addo yeah. Car. In fact, they tried to get him to put his shirt back on after the commercial. <laughs> and he, is he the new Wendell? Addo Car? Always getting his shirt off. Even Belly Ache said that. Uh, Christian Welch will uh, join us. But right now, let's get into this. Time on Off the Bench to look back on the news of the week. Uh, the Broncos, this time last week, Sats, we were talking about the Broncos are in crisis. They've lost by, what was it, 46-0 last week yep. to the Rabbitohs, who never really got out of second gear. But this week we're still saying the Broncos are in crisis. Uh, a few things have happened. There was explosive allegations and a warning shot across the bow from one of their greats, Gordy Tallis, during the week. They're at the bottom of the table. They got the wooden spoon last year. The guy that's in charge of them now wasn't there. I know how passionate, I know how hard he's working to turn them around. Okay? And the ship was actually sinking. It was full of water, it was sinking, and to turn it back around. And if the three players, I think it's a few players, right? But I know who they are, right? And if they keep on going, Matt Lodge, I've had my issues with Matt Lodge. Do you know the greatest thing about Matt Lodge? Put his name to it. Big photo of Matt Lodge. Matt Lodge put his name to what he was saying. Yep. Right? So he owned the words. All these guys that are ringing the journalists or whatever, so I don't know who's worse, the journalists who wrote it or the players that are saying it, and write their names. But I know who they are. So if they keep on going, I'll out them like I did Robbie Farrer, and I'll make sure and I'll make it my personal. I'll get personal with them so they don't get another club because that's wrong. Yeah, that was uh, Gordy on his Triple M radio show. Uh, you you said it during the week, and I and I couldn't agree with you more. I was frightened watching that uh, video on on Instagram. Yeah, he looked into the on, into the camera that's in a lot of the studios now, the radio studios. We've got them here also. He looked straight down the barrel, and I thought yep. he was looking at me. I I started ducking underneath my phone <laughs> as, I was, as I was watching it. Now you can't blame the journalist for writing the story. Now Peter Bedell is the journalist he's talking about. He's a very good friend of ours. Mm. But take that aside. That's his job. He's got to break stories. Mm. And if he's got players that are willing to to go on record, unnamed, mind you, other than Matt Lodge, he's got to write those stories. So let's take that out of the equation. And Gordy is saying he knows who they are and I will out I them. I think most people know. Yeah. they yeah. One or well, two they, of them. They speculate, don't they? They speculate. Yeah. But if he knows who they are and he's so strong about this in support of his good mate, Kevin Walters, he needs to come out and, dis- and disclose who those players are. So it breaks – a pattern of behaviour amongst the players at the Brisbane Broncos who are not happy for yeah. whatever reason. Now, there is no doubt there are some concerns there when it comes to the coaching strategies and the philosophies of Kevy. There are some concerns there from players that, that aren't disgruntled, that do love the Broncos, that do want to keep playing there. But it's never one person. When clubs go through this situation, it's never one p- person. It's always a series of people, systems, processes, or lack of them mm. is the reason why your club is in the situation it is. Now, one of the biggest situations, the reasons why the, the Broncos are in the situation they are and players do feel as though that they are not happy about the club they're playing for and the, and the direction of the, as a player that they're going is because they've made some really bad decisions around recruitment and retention. Recru- recruit first, recruit right, 
and not so much the, the best players, recruit the best people mm. on and off the field, and you'll get a good result in the end. And that's where the Broncos, who have been so strong at that in the past, have let themselves down. Sats, I agree with everything you say there, and there are some um, reported issues around uh, Kevy's um, communication and how he does it and what he says to players who are, are looking for specific feedback, direct feedback. But that does not give you a right, does not give you a right to talk to a journalist about it. This, is, this is, should be kept in-house. If you have a problem with Kevy as your coach, then talk to the CEO. You've got a brand-new CEO at that club, you've got a, a brilliant set, the best in the game, Dave Donaghy. Talk to someone else then and, and, and ask them to have a chat to Kevy if, if you're not getting the message. You know, like, you do not go to a newspaper. That's a shocking culture. That, to me, stinks of someone being a sook. Yeah. And you don't do that. You wouldn't have never have done that in your days. No, no, and you and are playing. right. You are right. You there don't are, do that, There mate. are other avenues to go through. The to ones get, at the club. To try and get your message through. I do I do agree. And But, you know, players talking to the media, certain small, very, very small factions of your playing group talking to the media, even staff. There's staff that leak stuff to then the media. Then sack them. So we've seen for many years, there's, there's coaches that have got great relationship with the media, try and get their, their point or their message across. Players have got good relationships with the media. That's been going on for decades, and it's going to go on well after we're in pine boxes as well. But the clubs that are successful are the ones, like you're saying, they don't house. feel as though they've got to go to the media. They'll That's just right. go through the right channels, the general manager of footy, straight through the front door with the head yep. coach, or they'll go to the CEO to voice their concerns. And yep. their concerns may not make a change, but at least you're getting it off your back. I'm not saying don't talk to the media because, in fact, We'd like them to be more available to us. But keep your problems in-house. Mm. Sort them out in-house. And you know what? That That's not just a uh, – it just, uh, just doesn't make your club look bad. It makes you look like an idiot. Mm. It makes you look like you can't handle pressure or you don't know how to deal with things. You know, when rugby league is over, well, you're going to run to the media there if you have a fight with the missus or the kids play up on you one day and they won't, won't go to bed when you don't, when you don't want – or you're going to ring your manager – Deal with it yourself. And and I, I feel sorry um, for Kevy out of all of this. Um, if he's not doing the right things, give the guy the chance to fix them. Mm. Give, and, and the way it can be fixed is by sitting down with him or his boss sitting down and go, listen, Kevy, I've had this feedback. You need to work on this. Get it sorted. So coaching, people think coaching is about game plans and strategy. It's man management, that's, isn't it? That's the least of your concerns as a coach, yes, you've got to have a great understanding and a knowledge and an intellect around how to how to beat your opposition. I get that, you know. But getting players to play for you and play for the jersey that they wear is about yeah. The the way that you deal with them on a day to day basis, emotionally, the emotional attachment you have to your players mm. as opposed to the physical. So, it is concerning, and I think Kevy's now getting it's got to the stage now where there's been so many layers that have been peeled back that people are, I think, starting now to support Kevy. And are going to give him that that opportunity to yeah. try and to try and better the club. And I, I think the appointment of Ben Eichen as general manager of football is a really really good appointment because he's thorough, he's robust, he's well researched, he's a man of integrity, and he's a guy that if I'm a player, I can walk through the front door with Benny and say, Benny, I've got some concerns. Absolutely. And he will say, Okay, this is the way we're going to go about this in the right manner, and we're going to keep it in house. And this is what our systems and what our process, this is how we're going to follow that. 
And so I think it's a good appointment. So I think for the Brisbane Broncos, the signing of Adam Reynolds, uh, signing of Kurt Catewell, you know what? They're making yeah, some good that's decisions. That's not penned, though, yet. He's agreed, though. He's agreed to He's agreed to a yeah. three-year deal, which is a great signing. It is, which he can go back on. But with the money that he's asking at the moment, Penrith Panthers can't afford that. And um, I think we'll see him in a Brisbane Broncos. Isn't it funny definitely... now the Broncos have to pay above the odds to get players? Never before have they ever it, had to do that. It's incredible, isn't it? They still, I reckon they still have a problem, though. I think they still need it. They, they definitely need a fullback. Agree? I don't want to spend all show on the Broncos, too. But, that, I mean, that's this is the big story at the moment. And they, and, yeah, and I think they also need a six, mate. I, I don't know about Katoni Staggs there. Mm. With Reynolds, might be all right. I think you'd be okay with Reynolds. Yeah, and Reynolds is going to tell him what to do. Reynolds is going to push him into places. He's going to he's going to drive that team. Tony's got to be a a, a Jack Whiten style five eight free which throwing. Is, I'm just going to be. I'm yep. going to run first. I'm going to pass second. Yeah, right. Okay. Uh, COVID breach in the NRL. This new story came out at midnight on Thursday night. I, I'm I'm outraged. Um, <laughs> three Bulldogs players. Dylan Napa, Brendan Wakeham, and Aaron Shoup. Well, you talking about Aaron Shoup last mm. week. What a great young talent he is. Attended the Royal Hotel in Bondi on Sunday the 20th of June, which was attended by a person who had tested positive to COVID-19. The NRL, Were we aware that that was a hotspot by that stage? Well, hold off to that. Yep. The NRL enforced tough COVID rules, like back into a bubble on the 17th. Three days prior, the players at Sydney clubs were told you could only train, go, go, go to training, go to games, oh, so this, and go to the supermarket. So before they went to the the hotel, in the, Bondi, it was already in play for it was three already days. In place. Okay, so they've breached COVID rules in the NRL. These blokes have put the competition at risk. Mm. What should happen? They know that they know they're in a bubble, mate. They were told you can only go to training, can okay. only go to well, games, can only go to the supermarket. If they if they knew though, they, they did know it, if, mate. I'm if, telling you. Okay, if they knew they were in the bubble, um, I, I'd be inclined to suspend them really heavily. Mm. Some are saying suspend them to the end of the year, or for the rest of the year. I think that's probably too much, um, because we don't know what's going to come of. We don't know what the outcome is going to be. Now, if if it is spread amongst the the Bulldogs club, for example. We've got deep concerns for the competition. If it doesn't, you know, well, I don't think we need to come down as hard on the players. I, I disagree. Yeah, well, I, I, I just That's feel That's luck, like, mate. That's luck if, they, if, they, if they're not. Well, sometimes life is luck. But they'll you know? go, okay, I got away with it once. I'll do it again. Yeah, well, this is where a suspension, a suspension of some kind and a fine, uh, not by the NRL, but by the New South Wales government maybe, I'm not quite sure, but a fine and suspension – is enough to is enough to hurt them, I think, and make them think twice. Well, it's, it's disappointing Dylan Napa's involved. You know, he's been involved in a couple of other incidents, yeah. which which put him in the uh, in the headlines for all the wrong reasons. So that disappoints me. Yeah, young Aaron Shoops in his first year of the NRL, great player and a good young player. So yeah, really easy manipulate easily manipulated as a young player as well. But you know what? He's an adult. He knows the difference between right and wrong, and. He could see himself on the sideline for a, a long period, a long period of time. So that's, I think it would be an NRL jurisdiction because uh, in New South Wales government were allowing people to to go to venues like that, yeah. but the NRL had tight COVID yeah, restrictions, true. and it was only three days later they went to this pub. Um, I would personally, I would lock them in the room with Josh Jackson, and just let his arms do the talking. Yep, 
Good call. That's I enough like punishment. Mm. That's what I'd be doing. Um, Sean Johnson, how about this? Breaking news Friday morning. Returning to the Warriors. Next year, two-year deal. I like that. I do too. There are some players from more reports at the at the Warriors when he was coming off contract and for more reports it was asked some of the senior players there, would they like him back at the club? And again, whether we uh, believe the, the media or not, um, some sections are saying that the, the vote was no. Now, I don't know what's changed between then and now, but I like that he started his career at the club. I like that he's now really mature as a player and that he's going to finish his career at the club as well. Um, whether he goes to England after that, not quite sure. But he, oh, I think he's 30 now, Sean Johnson. Might be just turning 31. I think it's a really good signing. Yeah. I think it's a really good move by the Warriors. And, and just great to see Sean Johnson return there again because uh, there was a really good poll that was put up yesterday. In their prime, which player would you prefer? I'll get you to answer this, Chase. In their prime, Sean Johnson, Benji Marshall. Benji. Yeah, about 75% yeah. said Benji as well. well a tough call, though. Yeah, You've but got both to think about it, on their you? day, yeah. it's the most dynamic players we've seen in the modern era. Yeah, incredible. Well done, Sean Johnson. Uh, the Sydney Roosters have moved their Round 16 clash with the Melbourne Storm to Newcastle's McDonald Jones Stadium following the lo- latest uh, COVID-19 outbreak in Sydney. Of course, Newcastle's not affected by it. It's the Central Coast, I think, down to... Shell, Shell Harbour, Harbour yeah. yeah. So and and Greater Sydney. So Newcastle is a shall I say a clean area. Mm-hmm. So the Roosters have nominated to play there. I, I'm not sure. I, I'm assuming the Roosters would be relocating to yeah. You have to Newcastle. Yeah. Yep, to get out to. of that hotspot. So uh, that's good for Nova Castrians who are listening to this show. They'll be uh, getting some extra rugby league. What a game too to get. Mm. Yeah, the Roosters in the Storm round sixteen. At uh, McDonald Jones Stadium, and they they love their footy so much. And you, the Novacastrians, yeah, you were telling me a story. Tell tell this story you were telling me last night when you played there, and and it was my favourite ground to play at Marathon Stadium. Oh, Marathon, yep. And you'd get there even when the three grades used to be played on the same day, under twenty ones, reserve grade, first grade. At twelve o'clock, there'd be there'd be ten thousand people there. Yeah, wow. Yeah, you know, for a, back then about a twenty six thousand seat stadium, and um. Massive hill, huge hill on the eastern side. And I remember we played there, we played Newcastle there one Friday night and we beat them, I think it was 29, 16 or 25, 18. We beat them by more than, it was seven points or 13 points. We, I remember we kicked a field goal, Craig Gow kicked a field goal to sort of ice the game. But it was such a brutal match. It was played in uh, great conditions, but also played with... Um, you know, tremendous respect between both sides. The Penrith players and the Newcastle players used to get on really well together for some reason. And um, I remember it was such a brutal match and we ended up sort of icing the game with about two minutes to go that when we, when the full-time hooter went and we, we walked off, the Newcastle fans were standing and clapping. Wow. Clapping, obviously both teams, but also I think, you know, respecting that we'd won the game yeah, as well. Sure, it's, sure. it's a bit of a lasting memory. Now, our family's from the, the, the Hunter region, my mum and dad's family and are still living in the Hunter region. And, and so, um, yeah, the Newcastle's always had a really good emotional attachment with, with myself as a player. And this game, even though the Newcastle aren't playing, the Nova Castrians will just turn up because it's yeah, just good. footy. It's just rugby league. Oh, look at the cattle that's going to be on display as well. Oh, yeah. You great, know? Yeah, great move. It's really got, good move. Really good move. All right, listen, we're going to get to a break. We're going to talk about State of Origin 2 soon. Um, I want to talk to you shortly about Queensland's changes and, and their chances. 
Uh, this is Off the Bench, NRL, Scott Sattler, Jason Matthews. I hope you're enjoying yourselves. We'll be back after this break. Welcome back. This is Off the Bench, NRL. On Off the Bench, time for a Racing Queensland Winter Racing Carnival update. The TAB Queensland Winter Racing Carnival has arrived. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. Well, it's the last Sats this Saturday at Eagle Farm. It's the last Group 1 for the season. Mm. And it's the Tats Tiara. Actually, what's the... Uh, Chris Nelson, hello. Welcome to Off the Bench. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Mate, what's the, uh, what's the history of the Tats Tiara? I mean, obviously, Tattlesall's the sponsor... Is it a, a tiara, what we think it is? <laughs> <laughs> it's the Tattersalls Racing Club. There is a club in Brisbane, of course, the Tattersalls Club, yep. and they race at uh, Eagle Farm every uh, two or three times a year, definitely two. Now, this race used to be, I can tell you what it was, it was the Winter Stakes right. for quite some time, and now is the Tats Tiara. But it might have had another name in there as well. But why uh, tiara? It was a group one race... Does the horse get well, a crown? I don't know. It sounds good. Does the crown? Well, does the horse get a tiara? Phillies and mares. So I suppose tiara comes okay. into the equation there somewhere. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> Thanks for that. Thanks for not giving me the information. Oh, don't buy into it, Chris. I did. From our racing expert that we want. Uh, hey, listen, mate. Um, some sad news for a jockey uh, in the Tats Tiara tomorrow. Oh, sorry. Yeah, tomorrow. Who's actually uh, ruled out? Nash. Nash. He- yeah, Nash Willer. Yeah, he's, uh, he's missed out. He's got to stay in Sydney. And Jimmy Orman has picked up the ride on a Sweet Idea. And there's another one there too, Emerald. So Jason Collett can't take the ride, but no uh, replacement as yet for Emeralds. I think the trainer's going to wait and see if there's any scratchings in the tiara, then try and steal one of those riders that was on the scratching. Make me some money, Chris, for this weekend. What are you suggesting? Um, I thought you might be able to help me out with a tip in, in Sydney, but we'll oh, get to that in a sec. No, yeah, Key. we will. <laughs> K-E-Y. Shut up, Sats. <laughs> Boom. All right. Here we go. Race uh, race seven, number six, shooting for gold. Uh, trained by Stephen O'Day and Matt Hoisted. Resumes from a break. One, four of eight. I love the trial win at uh, Doombin recently in good time, and he wasn't asked for a lot in that particular trial win. He faces uh, the older horses for the first time, but he's the one on the upward spiral. Whilst all these others, they've been as far as they're going to go. So on with him. Race seven, number six, Shooting for gold, I think race three, number six, Garoppolo can run a race. So I liked his uh, effort last time out here at Eagle Farm. He was only beaten 1.95 lengths. He was on the inside of the track. All the others came down the outside. Uh, the horse that ran second there, Mass Destruction, will start favourite here. He meets, uh, or Garoppolo meets Mass Destruction, eight kilos. Eight kilos better off at the weights for that defeat just under two lengths. So it's a big chance, Garoppolo. And I'll go with my old mate Nudge in the big one, the Tats Tiara. She's about Nudge. $15. Nudge, and she is absolutely flying this prep. It's a bit harder, obviously, than her previous runs, and she's yeah. back 200. But don't count her out. I might talk Your to... Your mate, t- Jace, Nudge. Mate, my Nudge. Nudge, uh, what was the show we like with... Uh... Hey, Dad. Hey, Dad. Yeah, that's right. One a couple of weeks yeah, ago. Yeah. I might talk to Garoppolo too, Sats, about how I can shed eight kilos. That's... Uh... Is there a special diet? Do I have to eat barley or peanut butter? What What do you got to do? Just get off the seafood diet, which is when when you see food, don't you eat, eat it. it. You eat it. <laughs> that was a good joke from the eighties. Yeah. That really was. I was going to say I fell out of my cot laughing at that. <laughs> <laughs> you know what else I laugh at as well? Sats's tips. What? Now, what was that one you gave us? Key. Key in Sydney. This thing is. Has it finished its last race yet that it was in? 
Look, I'll, I'll tell you, I told you last time, it wasn't that bad a run. It really wasn't oh, that bad a run. It was three wide all the way. And I don't – look, he could have sunk it up a lot quicker than he did in the straight. He actually stuck on quite okay. So he's not it's, hopeless. It oh, ran in the car park. That's how wide it was the whole time. It was. It stopped it was. for a kebab and a pie halfway down the straight. It was a shocking run, but Chris. It, Come on. <laughs> well, it wasn't the fault of the horse. Well, playing the 20, I think he's playing $26 just, this week at, in Sydney. So, Would you put a couple well, of bob on it, no. Chris? Oh, yeah, a couple of dollars each way. Won't break the bank. I'm sure. Oh, for some. Wouldn't break yours, Jase. No, that's right. Yeah, thanks. All right, mate. Well, listen, I'm with you on shooting for gold as well. That's uh, I like that. Not often we agree on uh, on tips. No. Shooting for gold and nudge. I'm all over that. All over that. All right, mate. Listen, we appreciate your time. Uh, enjoy your weekend. What are you going to be getting up to? Uh, well, I'll be on trackside all day Saturday afternoon giving out uh, hopefully winning tips. So it'll take care of Saturday. And Sunday, I'll be just probably resting up, getting over the big day Saturday. What, just giving some tips the big day? It certainly is, isn't it? Well, I... well, no, I'm not saying anything, mate. Hey, listen, <laughs> uh, have a great weekend. The Tab Queensland Winter Racing Carnival has arrived. Head to queenslandwintercarnival.com.au. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. Uh, what's the lesson we've learnt there, Sats? Absolutely nothing. Don't ask Chris what he's doing for fun, mm. because the answer is absolutely nothing. Don't have any. <laughs> Don't have any. <laughs> See you, mate. <laughs> See you, guys. Right before we go to a break on off the bench, that's just want to talk to you about a couple of things for a couple of minutes about Queensland. I don't want to spend too much time talking about Queensland. Come on, it's a waste of time. Uh, but let's talk about Reese Walsh. There's been a lot said about it this week. Um, your mate MG said on his radio show that um, it's kind of like a diversion. We're all focusing on him, and there's all this other stuff going. On. We're forgetting about Papa Lee and Munster and DCE and all these blokes in the Origin team, um, how will that young kid be feeling going into this game Sunday night? Well, um, my, my daughter knows him, him very well, and she talks about how confident he is, and confident in a really good way. He's not, he, hasn't, um, he hasn't got an arrogance about him, which sometimes I think an arrogance, a good arrogance isn't too bad, I, I suppose. He, he almost looks shy, doesn't he? I saw, saw that media conference during the week. He handled the, he handled the media really well. They, they asked him some curly questions, and yeah. he was able to de- deflect really, really well. Yep. Uh, yeah, this is a kid where people feel as though that the aura of origin is going to be too much for him. Now you got to you got to listen to the story of of young Reese Walsh to realise the trials and tribulations that he's been through as a as a young kid. His mum was addicted to drugs for a long time, and seeing his mother come and go from the house for long periods of time it was it was really harmful and hurtful as a young man growing up. And and she's in, back in his life now, but. Um, but you know, he's a father at 18, only four weeks ago, five weeks ago. That's incredible. Yeah, so he's had to mature a lot a lot quicker than a lot of other people. Yeah. So when it comes to origin, I don't know I don't know him well enough from a personality point of view how he'd be feeling. But I feel as though that the players around him, he'd be enjoying the exposure at the moment. I think the young players these days are different to young players from years gone by. Yeah. I think they're a lot more confident. I think they I think they love the exposure more. They, I think they morph towards the exposure and the limelight a little bit more than what younger players of the past who are a little bit more shyer and were a little bit more reserved. So we're dealing with a completely different athlete and Reese Walsh is part of that modern millennial athlete. So will he handle the occasion? No one ever knows. Mm. No one ever knows how whether anyone will handle origin. There's been some players over the years, Jace, that have been picked in origin, New South Wales and Queensland, where they've gone, you know what, 
won't handle it. Not an origin, what they say, mm-hmm. an origin type rugby league player, but then go out and absolutely brain it. So we won't know until the first first half of footy whether he's handling what what origin throws at you. He's certainly a threat. Oh, okay. And he'll be looked after. Anyone who's got speed is a threat yep. in the modern game, and he's got an abundance of it. And he's got a couple of big boppers up front in Christian Welch and also in Josh Papali'i. He'll take care of him. Can, you, can I tell you also, James Tedesco is a player who keeps to himself, is probably a – was probably never seen as a leader a few years ago, a captain, but has morphed into a, a really good, a really good leader for the Roosters. But I'm led to believe he's also a player that loves to be challenged. Now, at the moment, he's got everyone talking about Tom Trebojevic, mm. and he's playing in the centres for New South Wales, and everyone's talking about he's the best player in the game at the moment, definitely the best fullback in the game. And then you've got this young Reese Walsh who's playing fullback for Queensland, and Teddy's just sitting back, going sneaking under the radar, isn't he? You know yeah. what? Well. I'll take that challenge. Yep. I'll raise you yep. with a man a match performance in Origin 2 when everyone is least expecting it. Yeah, that's really interesting thought. Mm. Yeah, I mean, uh, a lot of journos, take it as you will, uh, are dethroning him as the number one player in the world now and they've put they've put the flavour of the month, you Tommy know T, there. You know there were some people that were advising Freddie that they shouldn't pick Tom Trebojevic for this year's Origin series because he's not a, goal, not a good ball carrier? <laughs> Jeez, thank God Freddie doesn't listen to these people. It's fair to say those people don't have a full-time job in rugby league. Name them. Go on. No, I'm just kidding. I actually don't know who they are. I would if I, would if I knew. <laughs> Were they his mates at his <laughs> vegan yoga class, perhaps, <laughs> with their shoes off? That's disgusting, by the way. <laughs> uh, you know, nothing worse than people walking into a restaurant with no shoes on. Sorry, there is one thing worse than people walking into a restaurant mm. with no shoes on. Dogs in restaurants. Why? I can't answer that because I – Why? Well, we take our dog on Sunday mornings to a cafe. It's, you shouldn't. Dog, why not? I'm not going and taking my palmy and sitting next to your dog and eating it. Right, am I? Am I going to the dog kennel? With, you don't have to sit next to me. You can go and sit at another table. I can see the dog. I can. It slobbers everywhere. Do you know a lot of people look across at their table at you eating and say, <laughs> what do I have to eat in front of you? That's a very good point. Very good point. This is Off the Bench, NRL with Scott Sattler, Jason Matthews. Hey, when we come back, Christian Welch, Inside Origin Camp, joins us next. Welcome back. This is Off the Bench, NRL. Can we see him on deodorant ads now? But we also, we know him as, <laughs> as one of the, the key front rows for the, the Melbourne Storm and also one of the cornerstones of the Queensland Origin Pack. That is Christian Welch. Thanks for joining us on Sports Day, Christian. Guys, thanks for having us on Sports Day. Happy to be here. Now, um, firstly, I suppose really exciting for if you're a Queensland fan with uh, the emergence of young Reese Walsh. Uh, Christian, how have, uh, have you been impressed with his maturity in the, the first two days you've come across him? Yeah, he seems like a great young fellow. He um, actually made his NRL debut against um, against us at the Storm down in Melbourne and uh, on Anzac Day. So uh, it's a pretty pretty tough game to debut in. And it's... Um, yeah, he held himself really well. I think he set up two or three tries. So um, I think we all know how capable he is. And, uh, yeah, it's really exciting, mate, to have him a part of the squad. Yeah, can't wait to can't wait to see him on the big stage now. Um, does Paul Green even focus on any of the highlights from Game 1 or is that just uh, pushed off to the side and a, and a refocus on Game 2? No, no, we, um, first day we got in, we um, had a look at the game. And, yeah, it's really important to, um, you know, review that and, 
um, you know, acknowledge what, what happened, mate. It was, uh, yeah, to be fair, we, we just got towed up and, uh, you know, our, our performance wasn't where it needed to be. So we've kind of had a bit of a good look at that in, in areas we think we need to get a lot better at. And, uh, yeah, we're working hard here at the Gold Coast to uh, try and improve. I to say, Sats, it wouldn't, wouldn't have been a long session if it was the highlights because there weren't too many of them for Queensland, was there, Christian? Um, Convinces you got more than 12 minutes, mate, before something goes wrong because I think we're in trouble if, if you can't churn out a few more than that. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't, I don't get past 12 minutes too much uh, with the motor anyway, but um, yeah, I'll be doing my best to avoid big Brian Toe's head uh, this, this week. So, uh, yeah, hoping to play uh, some decent minutes and, and have a really good game against uh, the the blues. Yeah, now the other bloke that's coming in is um, is Francis Molo um, in the side somewhere. Have you had much to do with him in in the past? Yeah, big Frank the Tank. Um, we've we've had our running battle since uh, under twenties. So um, he was at the Broncos, and I've come through the Storm. And yeah, mate, he's uh, such a powerful guy, and he's going to really offer a lot of punch and enthusiasm off the bench. So really excited to get him in, and really pumped for him that. Uh, you know, he's got, got his opportunity because I think he's had to work really hard for it. Now, Christian, we, as players, we all look across the, the other side of the dressing room. We see particular players. We love playing alongside and seeing Big Papa come into camp on, on Monday. That would have been a, a pretty good sight for sore eyes for yourself. Oh, happy days, mate. Yeah, he's such a great player, a great guy to have around. Um, and, yeah, we really missed him in, in game one. So, yeah, really excited about getting the, the big mullet and getting him out there at Suncorp running around in Maroon. So... He's going to bring uh, a lot of energy and a lot of aggression, which uh, you know we really need. Now, mate, you uh, obviously work alongside Cameron Munster on a day-to-day basis. We see the larrikin that he is, a um, bit of a throwback to the 70s and 80s as a player, but is he, is he really critic- critical of his own game when he has to break his own game down? Because he was underdone going into game one. He'll be better in game two, but is he, is he critical of his own performances? Yeah, I think there's a, a bit of a Cameron Munster we see in the media and, um, and that kind of the larrikin mad dog, and, you know, which he is, but he's also, uh, you know, a pretty thorough professional and he's had a good look at that game one performance in areas that he wasn't really happy with. So, yeah, he's reviewed it and, um, yeah, we need a, a firing Cameron Munster. You know, if he can play anything like he did game three last year, it'll go a long way towards uh, hopefully getting a win. We're chatting with uh, Christian Welch, the uh, Maroons front rower. Um, now, our esteemed producer, Woogie, is not convinced that uh, Jai Arrow is actually in hospital or he just thinks it's one of those Queensland ploys. Of course, he's from south of the border. Well, it's and another week and another we'll hospital. We'll do anything we can to try to take the focus <laughs> off and get an advantage. So what, what's what's the go with Jai? We're hearing a skin infection of some sort? Yeah, he's um, he's just a little grub, mate. He needs to have a few more showers. <laughs> um, but yeah, actually, Hope you're not rooming with uh, him. Yeah. <laughs> no, no way, mate. I'd refuse. No, no, he's... Uh, Actually, he's in hospital, but nothing too major, I don't think. But, um, yeah, I'm not sure, uh, you know, mind games go that deep these days. So, uh, no, there's nothing really in it. He just missed um, today's training, but uh, he'll be back to the end of the week. Good. That's good to hear. What's the what's the week actually look like for you? Has Greeny mapped it out already uh, leading up to Sunday? Yeah, we had a, a big day today of training and, and, and weights and, and a fair bit of video analysis and um, got tomorrow off, so there's I think there's about 12 of us all playing around a golf. So there'll be some cash exchange there, and plenty of cards, and you know just getting around each other. And then uh, I think we've got an opposed session against Winner Manly um, on Thursday or Friday, and oh, then uh, and then we'll head up to Brisbane and, and do our captain's run at, at Suncorp. So yeah, uh, a lot of work to be done this week, but uh, pretty excited just to get around the, 
the guys, and it's such a good bunch. Who's the uh, Who's the gun golfer? Kyle Felt. He, um, I think he plays off about six or seven, which is a bit depressing when you're a big front rower <laughs> and he's out driving you about by about hundred metres each time. It's uh, you know that little winger and he's got the little stud in the ear. You know, it's a bit depressing, but. Um, uh, I don't think there's a whole lot more to do up in Townsville. I think he plays about three times a week. Um, so, of course. Yeah, he's pretty handy, I think, Cole Felty. Hey, we spoke to you last year, and you lost the uh, Son of the Year Award. How's that going for 2021? I lost the what? You lost the Son of the Year Award, didn't you, to your, to your brother? Oh, the the Son of the Year? Yeah, the Child of the oh, Year. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, uh, yeah I, I, with my uh, COVID breach, it, it kind of ruled me out, but I'm... Uh, I'm having a reasonable year, and, and my brother's he's bound to stuff up sometime uh, when he goes out on the drink. So we're just waiting for that to happen, and, and I'll just come and swoop in Stephen Bradbury style. Absolutely. Hey, now, don't give us too much away in the air, because there are a, a couple of listeners uh, from New South Wales, but how do you stop the likes of Tom Travojevic? What's the, what's the, the, the basic plan? How, how does Queensland stop him roaming all over the field and, and doing some damage? Yeah, I just think, um, you know, when they're outside backs and they, and they come into the middle, we just need to really tighten up our defensive line and, and we just got to be really physical with them, you know, with the, the outside backs. They really dinted us and created so much momentum for them and, you know, a guy like Nathan Cleary just, just loves it when he can just pin us down with field position. So, yeah, we're looking to be really aggressive and urgent, I suppose, on those sharp sets uh, and really kind of trying to win that field position battle um, and so we can give our, our back five a, a better chance of starting our sets from further out from our try line. Mm, and, and Andrew McCulloch comes into that nicely for you in, in the defensive uh, area, doesn't he? Because we know he can hold the middle together nicely. Yeah, Mac is uh, you know, a really experienced guy and yeah, a really good defender. I think that's why Granny's on with him. And, um, you know, he's going to bring a lot to the, to the start of the game and, and push us around the field hopefully quite well. Now, just, just getting before we let you go, getting back to Reese Walsh, has, uh, has Billy spent much time with him, Billy Slater, this week? Yeah, Billy was in um, in Kent yesterday and was working with him on some clips. And um, yeah, I think the back five of have all been working pretty hard with Billy. And obviously, John Thurston's in in camp and Neil Henry and Paul Green. So it's quite a brains trust there. It's it's above my pay grade. I don't really understand half the stuff they're talking about, but I'm sure they're all working hard and getting across it. Who's the who's the most outspoken out of those assistant coaches? Most outspoken. No, it'd have to be probably Tono. I think he's um, such a passionate guy about Queensland, and and, and obviously his experience in the game and, and in the Origin uh, arena. It's uh, priceless having him in camp. So, uh, you know, he's no good at cards or golf, but he's a pretty handy footballer. <laughs> Jonathan Thurston, we're talking about. Yeah. Will we will we see you in any, now? You've debuted in the in the deodorant ad with Cameron Munster and Josh Adokar. Will we be seeing you in any future commercials for any other brands? <laughs> Have you seen my sloppy rig? Have you seen how high the towel is riding on my waist? The reason I'm in that ad was Ryan Pappenhausen got injured and uh, the way the CBA works, they need three players in the shoot. So that's why it was Addo Carr, Munster, and meant to be Pappenhausen, but they got the, the poor man's version of Christian Welch to stand in the background and just and tick off the, uh, the requirement. I was uh, the biggest late call-in ever. As long as, you, as long as you got the coin. Yeah, never give us fool an even break. No coin. Best price as well, boys. I'm doing it for the love of the Melbourne <laughs> no. Storm. That's it. You know, that's, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It's sad. Selflessness. It's humiliating, really. Selflessness. Well done. <laughs> so that's a lot for the manager if you well need done. someone that can get well you a better deal. 
Oh, anyway, big week. Yeah, be nice. Big week in stall. Uh, good luck on Sunday night, Christian, and um, to you and your teammates. It's going to be a hell of a battle, but it's in front of the Suncorp Stadium crowd, which I, I no doubt you're going to welcome with open arms. And Thanks, fellas. Thanks for having us on. Really keen uh, to get out there on Sunday and, and have a better performance. This is Off The Bench NRL. We'll be back soon. Welcome back. This is Off The Bench NRL. Before we go, on Off The Bench, what's got us excited across the weekend of sports? Yeah, uh, plenty going on in the weekend of sport. And, of course, uh, State of Origin, before we get to that, that's, um, actually, let's do it now. Uh, who wins? How many points? Queensland win, 20 points to 18. Man of the match is Daly Cherry Evans. He, has, he and Munster have to have the games of their careers mm-hmm. to date mm-hmm. to, for Queensland to win. And I think all the attention, and, and like Mark Guy said during the week, all the attention that's been put on Reese Walsh and Tommy Trebojevic has just allowed Daly Cherry Evans and Cam Munster and Papa Lee and co just to, just to worry about their preparation and – you take all the attention because we're going to swoop in underneath. Who's your man of the match? Daly Cherry Evans. Blues by 14. Blues by 14. And I reckon Nathan Cleary, man of the match. Yep. And I reckon the other thing, if I was a gambling man, mm-hmm. Josh Papalee score a try. He always does in origin. Oh, you know what? I I can't wait for the battle, the really early battle between Papalee and we are Welsh up against. Can remember, Welsh only lasted twelve minutes. Papa Lee didn't play. They're yep. a better team already. Uh, with absolutely, those two players there. Absol- that's why I'm saying fourteen points. Yep. <laughs> Papa Lee and Welsh up against uh, Junior Paulo and um, and also Daniel Saifidi. Oh, I, I think it's going to be amazing. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing um, Crichton in the Blues colours. He's having an outstanding year. I get shocking hair, but great year. I'm going to, it's going to be interesting to see whether Liam Martin keeps his place in the 17 and whether they bring in Dale Finucane. They've mm. only got one front rower on the bench, Payne Haas. Mm. So I, I think that Finucane will be come onto the bench and maybe Liam Martin miss out. All right. Uh, what are you looking forward to this weekend, mate? I'm looking forward to Sunny outside of origin. I'm looking forward to Sonny Bill Williams returning to the ring this weekend in Townsville. Flown under the radar, this has. Is he fighting some old man? He's fighting a guy called Waikato Felafahi. Okay. Who's had two wins and 14 losses. And this is on the road. Two wins and 14 yep. losses. And this is on the road for Sonny Bill Williams to eventually meet Barry Barry Hall or Paul Gallon. He won't be fighting Paul Gallon. I've had that confirmed. Mm. He w- doesn't want to fight Paul Gallon. No, he's actually said as of today, I will fight Paul Gallon. He, he won't be. Trust me. He will be. He won't be. I'm looking forward to the Swans returning this weekend. Of course, Origin Sunday night at Sats. Have yourself a great weekend. Be nice to everyone, okay? My nan used to say that. Be kind to one another. <laughs> really? Yep. All right. Well, can you start with me? Uh, This has been Off the Bench NRL. We'll be back uh, next week. Catch you later. Goodbye.